Welcome to the Disciples Dialogue, where believers celebrate their commonalities, share their testimonies, and edify the body of Christ. Each episode contains healthy conversations between Brother Teal and a guest speaker. Thanks for joining the Disciples Dialogue. Praise the Lord. Welcome back to the Disciples Dialogue. And thank you so much for joining us today. I've got a special guest with me today on the Disciples Dialogue. I'm so excited to have with me a fellow podcaster, a fellow minister of the gospel, Brother Brandon M. Crooker. Welcome to the Disciples Dialogue. I'm glad to be here, brother. I'm, I'm excited, looking forward to what the Lord's going to do. Um, I consider it a high honor and a privilege to uh, be asked. Um, I am... Uh, I'm humbled, and I, uh, I'm just looking forward to what the Lord's going to do. Amen, amen. I came a- across uh, your ministry, Brother Crooker, by by way of um, the internet and podcasting. Um, happened upon your your channel. You are the host of Apostolic Theory uh, podcast, and which is a great podcast. Um, that I enjoy listening to thoroughly. And so anyone who has not checked out um, your podcast, I, I would encourage them to go and, and give that a listen. I think that it, everyone would be highly blessed by that. Um, also, uh, after kind of digging into this and reading your book that we're going to talk about tonight, um, which is Restore, A Biblical Guide to Restoration and Reconciliation, uh, I found out that you, you have a lot going on. <laughs> you, you're a busy man, it seems. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, so you've got, um, and I don't want to throw you out there too much, but um, you you have CrookerFamilyMinistries dot com where people can learn about you and um, you know see all of what you you God is using you in. Uh, I think you've written four books now. Is that right? Well, so I've actually written like six. Um, only three, three or four of them are available for purchase right now. Um, but this, the, by the end of the year, I'm hoping to have all of them ready to go and, and available again um, for purchase. I had some editing and, and some printing issues, so um, they weren't really saleable. Okay. Uh, but I, and I, I, there is this neat deal, a couple of, a couple of books, which I think are needful, um, that, that'll be available by the end of the year. Um, one is Weapons and Warfare. It's just a collection of sermons that I've preached over the years. So from the very baby portion of my uh, walk with God and my ministry um, as a 16-year-old all the way up till I'm, I'm 30 now. So it's been been some time. Uh, but I, I've had a lot of a lot of thoughts and a, and a lot of stuff about spiritual warfare. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's in that book and that is available. Another one that I think is needful is operating in the spirit. That's another book I have um, for for this day and age, and it is available for pre order. Um, again, that that's available at CrookerFamilyMinistries dot com. Praise God! Yeah, hey, I'm excited to to read more uh, of what you're able to produce by uh, the help of God and and what He's leading you and guiding you in. It seems to me uh, I know. I can speak uh, from experience in reading the book Restore um, that and the titles almost lend themselves for one to believe that uh, they're not just books about any any old kind of thing, right? They're not just for for you to make a living on. I think that these topics, uh, spiritual warfare, 
uh, restore and the and the power of restoration. These are topics that that uh, the apostolic community and not, and just the Christian community at large needs to understand because without these uh, weapons in in our arsenal, I believe that we fall prey to the enemy. And uh, if we don't understand how to be restored, how to help restore others, then that's that's dangerous. And then so I'm really excited about um, these other books that you have and can't wait to get my hands on them. So so one of the things uh, about, about me and my personal writing, um, maybe it's my writing style, I don't know. Um, and, and, and I saw this post a while ago and, and it, it fit it pretty, fit sort of my mantra pretty good is I, I write books that I want to read. So where there's a sort of niche, a topic or something that I just don't feel like there's enough information on or enough, uh, especially from an apostolic uh, author or writer. Um, you know, I, I, I'm excited. I'm excited at the increase of apostolic content, books, mm-hmm. music, etc. Um, but that's that's sort of my goal is to put the stuff out there that there's a there's it's a niche market and mm-hmm. it's you know it, it, these aren't about making money. Um, what they are, are just I want to get these books in the hands of as many not necessarily apostolic Pentecostals but every Christian as possible. Yes. So yes, it I believe and and I feel. Um, from my very first book, Matters of the Heart, um, and all the way to, you know, these new projects I've got going, um, that that's just what it's all about. It's impacting lives and, and helping bring people closer to Christ and, uh, to better be examples of, or living epistles. Amen. Amen. It's very much needed in, in the day that we live in. I don't, I don't think you can have enough, um, apostolic content. And so I'm grateful for it. Um, couple other things that that for our listeners sake uh just to learn about you a little bit and familiarize uh themselves with you you're in winterport maine is that right yes sir i have been in winterport my whole life um mm-hmm. born and raised um i'm a i'm not a city boy uh but i'm not really a country boy either i'm somewhere in between okay and uh i I've worked on a farm, but I've also worked a lot of retail, a lot of customer service. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're just, we're just, we're just obeying the Lord and wherever yeah. he leads, that's where we'll go. And that's what we'll do. And I, uh, I guess I'll just put a plug in here for, uh, my, my magazine as well. Uh, we produce a yes. magazine, the Pentecostal periodical. Um, if you have not checked that out, you should. We have writers from all over the United States, um, apostolic writers from several different organizations. Mm-hmm. I I have this passion um, and this desire and this vision to see the apostolic community um, come together. Mm-hmm. Uh, just been such a divide, such a such a uh, a gap. Uh, between our our fellowships, mm-hmm. uh, and and I just don't think that that's God's desire, and I don't think that's God's will. So that's what this project has been about: it's helping sort of bridge that gap, and um, a lot of great content, a lot of great anointed writers, um, some new writers that are 
fairly young and, and some older writers that are seasoned and have, you know, published writings. And you can look up all the information about all the writers. We have that available now um, on the website, PentecostalPeriodical.com. Okay. So very excited about that. Very excited about I'm married. My, my wife, Kelly, we've been married for several years now. We have five children. Um, I minister at my local church. I am a, a help to my pastor um, at Crossroads to Calvary, and that's in Morrill. That's about 40 minutes from my house. So we drive almost an hour to church um, because we feel like that's where God has called us to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's just... Uh, that's just a little bit about me and a little bit about, you know, what God's doing. Well, praise God. And you are the, the founder and editor of that periodical, uh, Pentecostal periodical magazine. Is that right? Yes, sir. Okay. Very good. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to that as well. And, um, so very good things. You, you're like I say, seem like a very busy man for the kingdom, but that's good. We should be about our father's business. And so, uh, there again, thank you for your service. Thank you for your ministry and and all of what you're bringing to the table to help people like myself um, grow stronger in the Lord. Uh, so let's, if it's okay with you, let's dive right in. I'd like to talk to you about uh, the book that you have written, Restore, A Biblical Guide to Restoration and Reconciliation. Uh, incredible book. I, I've, I've got the book here. I've read it and it was I was blessed by this book. It was, uh, it's a, it's an easy read, but at the same time, um, it's, it's got so many, uh, biblical scriptural references in it. It's, it's a book of depth. Um, and so, uh, I didn't find myself getting lost or confused. It was a, it was a great book. And, uh, and, and so thank you first of all for writing it, but if you could maybe give us an overview of what drove you to write this book on restoration and reconciliation? Well, so, so the first thing is, um, and I talked a little bit at the beginning is experience, um, experience. My personal experience has been, um, as a, as a young man, um, who, who fell, who, who, who fell into sin and who did not see a way out it seemed that it was, you know, the, the walls were closing in and it seemed like people that should have had my back didn't have my back. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, my, you, you know, the ministry team that I was under, you know, they, they just, it was like they threw you out to the wolves and expected you to be able to figure out how to defend yourself. Mm-hmm. As a young man, a young minister, still early, early, early in my walk with God, um, it was, it was, it was, it was detrimental. It was detrimental. Um, so this book, um, I put it together with the hopes that, you know, we can sort of shed a little bit of light on the way that we respond on the way that we, um, view certain situations. Um, because, at the end of the day, this whole pointing fingers and this um, th- this this title war and and all this other stuff it's it's first of all nonsense in in the sight of God, right? Uh, but second of all, secondly, it's 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 imperative that we can find the the 
the middle ground that we can find the place where as a body, as a body, we can say, you know, I know where God brought me from mm-hmm. because I once was a sinner. And the Bible says such were some of you. Right. You know, and so it's, and, and that's really what it, what it was about. That's, that was the heart of this book was to help ministries view their prodigals, uh, view their, the backsliders in their communities um, in a biblical in a biblical context, right? Um, and, and to help bridge that gap, that they can be what God has called them to be mm-hmm. in that reconciliation process, right? Right, in the restoration process. That's so important, I, I believe, and uh, and that's why I think I uh, fell in love with the book so much is because it's, it was a great reminder of what the true church looks like. And how we are to not only be reconciled unto Christ and, and that he loved us while we were yet sinners. He died for us. Um, but we, I think that the church too often loses sight of that is our main calling. Um, before we're called to be uh, pastors, teachers, evangelists, uh, what, what have you. Uh, and you might be called to be a writer or be used in all kinds of gifts. Um, but... First and foremost, we are called to love the lost and to reach them and to help restore them to God. Not that we can forgive sins, not that we can uh, we can you know do anything for them other than point them to the one who can. And so, um, I really enjoyed the reminder, and I needed the reminder that um, I was where many people are today, just like yourself. I was, I was backslidden. I was uh, not where I was supposed to be in, in God. And, and he forgave me. He picked me up and turned me around. He placed people in my life to help restore me to that relationship I was supposed to have. And so I should return that favor. And my life should be about um, reaching, going back and reaching for those ones who have fallen around me. And, and rather than standing over them and saying, I told you so. Right. Right. Absolutely. Um, besides, besides the fact that uh, generationally, we're at a point in time where certain ways um, that we used to do things just will not work mm. for today's generation. Mm-hmm. You know, 50 years ago, it was okay uh, to say, believe this, uh, you know, do this. And it was easy. There was no questioning. There was, that was just it. Everybody was on board. Nowadays, you have people that have been severely hurt, Mm -hmm. uh, so severely damaged uh, by so-called Christianity. And and I say so-called because if we're not falling in line with the Word of God mm. and we're not uh, operating in such a manner that we are shining the light of Christ mm-hmm. and we are allowing the Spirit of Christ in us, the Holy Spirit, uh, to work 
in every situation, in every conversation, it puts us in a position where it, it's it's just that's what we need to do. Mm-hmm. To be frank, um, the simplest way to say it is: Well, let's look at Jesus's ministry. Mm-hmm. His ministry on earth. What did he do? Well, first of all, all the people that he called to follow him were people that you just you wouldn't expect. Right. You're talking about fishermen. Mm-hmm. You're talking about publicans. Yep. You're talking about uh, uh, tent makers. You're talking about just the 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 ragtag, the the outcast, mm-hmm. the ones that just you wouldn't expect. Mm-hmm. But as his ministry goes, that never changes. Mm-hmm. And that's why the Pharisees got so mad with him. Well, he's, a, he's, he's eaten with, with publicans and sinners, and, and he, he's, he's sitting at tables with sinners. How dare he do that? Right. He's calling himself a holy man. And, and see, if we're not careful, that same spirit of self-righteousness mm. that the Pharisees had— yeah get a hold of us right and when when that spirit gets a hold of us we are no longer operating with the spirit of christ right that's true because because they're contrary Mm -hmm. the the way in which jesus reached people was it offends many uh, especially in today's society, you know, to, there again, if you go back to your point, um, you know, long before I was born, um, you know, people were maybe more accepting of just, you know, the word says it. So, so we do it, you know, you line up with it. Of course there were not everybody did, but, um, it wasn't nearly as, um, offensive to people. Um, but even a, the message has not changed. Uh, the 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 message is still love. The whole book is about love and restoration. Um, but and to see how that in today's society offends so many people, the the message of love and restoration. How could it offend someone? And I believe that it's directly tied to um, the the pain and the um, the broken trust that that is so prevalent in today's society. And and the ones who do things and and make certain decisions in the name of religion, but without love. And so there, you talked about the uh, the religious leaders back in that day who who were so high and mighty, but they were so high and mighty in their own mind that they couldn't see that this was the reason for God stepping into the world anyway was to reconcile the world unto Himself to save a lost and dying world. Absolutely. Um, Proverbs 24 and 16. It says a just man falls seven times. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if a just man, this is a righteous man, a just man, someone who's upright in the sight of God, mm-hmm. a just man falls. Mm-hmm. That that doesn't, that's not specific to anyone. Mm-hmm. That is all inclusive. Anybody who is trying to follow after God 
will fall. Yes. You're going to make a mistake. You're going to say the wrong thing. You're going to you're going to put yourself in the wrong position. It's just going to happen. And it doesn't matter how self-righteous you may be or how righteous you think you are. Right. A just man is going to fall. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to have hang-ups. But see, in Proverbs, it tells us that the just man falls seven times mm -hmm. but rises up again. So the eighth time, mm -hmm. he gets back up. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that means you're only going to make seven mistakes in your life. No, of course not. I think that means that you just keep getting back up and you keep going forward. Mm -hmm. And we have other another portion of scripture where it says, how can a brother get up except one help him? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So we're in this together. Yes. This isn't a, a this isn't a, a show. This isn't the Brandon show. <laughs> this, this is not, it's all about me. Right. This is, it's about him. That's why, John the Baptist said, I must decrease yes. so that he can increase. That's right. Well, why is it so important for me to decrease? Well, first of all, God resists the proud. Mm -hmm. Second, because the more that I try to put my hand on it and make it about me and make it about the way I want it to be and not the way God wants it to be and not biblically, mm -hmm. You set yourself up for despair, failure, for distrust, for uh, just you just set yourself up for for all these different negative avenues. Yes. When if we would just follow the biblical model, mm -hmm. Peter, Peter denied Christ. He said, I'll never leave you. How, how dare you even accuse me and say that I'd deny you? I'd never do such a thing. Mm. And here we are. We we do the same thing. We say, I would never do it. You ought to be careful if you look at someone else's situation and you say, I would never do that. Yeah, it's dangerous. That's dangerous. It is. The reason it's dangerous is because when you say, oh, I, I, I would never, you be careful because all it takes is one decision. Yeah one moment for you to fall, be the just man that falls, that that could be your one time, mm -hmm. and you end up so far down the rabbit hole, way further than you ever thought you would go. Right. But see, that's the way sin works. Sin is, and I, I, I saw this several years ago, and I really liked it. It's a small word but it's a big sentence. And if we are truly the church, when we see people lost in sin, mm -hmm. it should penetrate our heart. Yes. It should make us feel this desire and this love to see them saved. Yes. Yes. As a young boy, uh, I'm going to get pretty personal, but as a young boy, I was 11 years old and I was not attending an apostolic church. Um, it was, I was attending a non-denominational church with, um, with, uh, some of my, 
extended family. Uh, we I have a very large family, uh, but we were attending a local church, um, and then there was this camp that we went to. Um, it was it was called Camp Fair Haven. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with the camp. It's a non-denominational camp, and it's designed to bring children closer to Christ. That's its design. Okay. And it's great when we have designs, but there still should always be caution. We always need to be cautious of the places we send our kids, the people we allow our children to be around, um, and and that's not that's not standing on on a pedestal, but that's saying I understand that there is a spiritual realm mm-hmm. and that there's spiritual warfare that is constantly going on and taking place. Mm-hmm. And what's more important to me than the acceptance of an individual is my children's salvation. Mm-hmm. So as a young boy, I was sent off to this church camp um, and I, we were there for a week and I was, I was sexually and physically abused mm. by one of the uh, dorm leaders. Mm-hmm. So when you, when you have to go through something like that, it's difficult to think that there's ever going to be a way back. Right, right. And it doesn't matter who you are, and it doesn't matter what kind of situation you're involved in. Anything that happens sexually creates a spiritual release. Mm. And that's why the Bible says that a man and a, a, a man and a woman become one flesh. And that's why it's so important as Christians that we abstain until marriage. Mm-hmm. Because whether you want to see it that way or not, the reality is, is every time you have a relationship with somebody in that manner, you are losing a part of yourself. Mm-hmm. and You are taking on a part of someone else. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times what happens is it's it's very, very spiritual. And the things that are attached to them can very easily and very quickly become attached to you. Mm-hmm. So we've got to be careful. We've got to be very careful. Um, but I said all that to say this. I got to a place where, and, and it's easy it's easy to allow bitterness and and difficulty and, and those hurts mm. to get real deep in your heart. Um, but the problem is, is when you allow bitterness in your heart, we're talking about restoration. When you allow bitterness in your heart, you sever the line of restoration. Wow. Wow. You sever the line of reconciliation. Mm-hmm. And Christ is the only one that can reconnect that line. Yes. And the reason that I talked a little bit about my experience is because forgiveness is critical. Yes. 
And for people who are, quote, survivors, unquote, of certain abuses and certain situations and certain things, Mm -hmm. it's hard to forgive. But if you would allow yourself to place those hurts in the hands of Christ Mm -hmm. and make it no longer about me and my situation and my hurt and my pain and you turn the tables Mm -hmm. and it's no longer a losing battle, you have placed it in the hands of the most powerful, omnipotent being in the universe. Yes. And so a losing battle then becomes a winning war. Mm. A winning war against the bitterness, the strife, the hurt, lack of restoration, the lack of reconciliation. When, and I said this from the pulpit a, a few months ago, maybe it was a year ago now. I was just, I just thought somebody needed to hear it. I told this story and from the pulpit, I said, I want you all to know that if he were to walk through those back doors, mm-hmm. I said, I would be the first to receive him, pray with him, mm-hmm. and see him reconciled to Christ. There you go. See, that's not easy in the flesh. Mm-hmm. When I looked at the situation as me, 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 you know, we're talking about that's the losing battle. When I looked at it that way, mm-hmm. you're consumed. For there to be a release, for there to be a restoration in myself, there had to be a release of forgiveness. Yes. And there had to be a release of that pain. And I think that that should look the same for everybody. When you come to God and you repent, you're baptized in Jesus' name, all things are passed away. Yeah. All things are become new. That's right. All things. Mm-hmm. So that means my past is, yes, it happened, but I'm no longer tied to it. Right. You've been set free from your past because God has a better future. Mm-hmm. And that's for every one of us. That's for every single person in your congregation, in your church. That's for everybody in your community. Mm-hmm. And it's not popular. It's really not. But that's the reality. If we're truly going to be the church and we're truly going to do what this book is about, restore and see people reconciled to Christ and back into the body of yeah. Christ. Yeah. The key is it starts with me and how I view them. And how I view myself. Wow. Wow. Very, very well said. Uh, very well said. I won't I won't take the time to go into it, but I, I have a very similar uh, experience as what you just shared. And I can say from experience that you are exactly right. And 
That is key. That is key. And it reminds me of something that you said in the book. You stated, if I may, the willingness to restore fallen brethren stems from the love of Christ. So when something so detrimental happens to someone like yourself, someone like me and many others, and and someone is left hurt and there's a void and a brokenness, uh, broken trust and built up anger from, from something that happens like that. The, the last thing that I wanted to do was to surrender that anger I wanted to hold on to it. It was the only thing. It was my ammunition. It was, uh, I wanted restitution. I wanted to, I wanted that wrong to be made right. But the only, thank God, uh, he taught me uh, through his love towards me that I've got to be willing to lay aside that anger and relinquish that control back to God. And when we do that, that, that decision can only be made through the love of God. And that that's his spirit working through me back towards the one who offended me, who did me wrong. And so you're exactly right in your book when you said that it stems from the love of Christ, uh, the willingness to restore fallen brethren. So well said. Another thing, a, a, a great point to make is... Christians, to be a Christian means to be a follower of Christ or to be Christ-like. If we're truly Christ-like, Judas, Jesus knew Judas was going to betray him. Yes. He's all-knowing. He had the Spirit of God inside him. He knew everything. He wasn't caught off guard. He wasn't surprised. Mm -hmm. And for anybody to say otherwise is foolish. He knew what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Judas is sitting at the table and they want to know who's going to betray him. Mm-hmm. And he says, well, the one that, you know, dips it in the, in the, in the cup and he eats it and fine. But when it came to the time and Judas is approaching him in the garden and he says, the one that I kiss is, is the one that is Jesus. And so he embraces him, and Jesus calls him friend. Yeah, he did. He's hanging on the cross, Mm. the people who put him there. Yeah. What does he say? He says, Father, forgive them. them. Mm -hmm. Forgive them. Yes. Job didn't, he lost everything. Mm Mm-hmm. He lost everything. He served God. He loved God, but he lost everything. He did. He was restored when he prayed for his friends. Mm-hmm. Wow. So this is not this isn't a thing where we're all separate members and we have no connection Mm -hmm. and we have no responsibility to each other. I was just having a conversation today with a friend of mine and he's just so adamant that 
he wants to do what he wants to do and he doesn't really care how it's going to affect anybody else. Mm. Um, my best advice to him was, well, I mean, you can certainly, you're certainly entitled to do what you want to do and it's your life. But what you need to remember is that despite popular belief, we are our brother's keeper. Yes. Yes. We should be. We have a responsibility to the weaker mm. brother or sister in Christ mm -hmm. to be an example. Yes. To be the light, to be the encouragement, to be someone that they can look up to. Mm -hmm. And yes, we're human. Yes, we're going to fall. But see, here's the thing. We keep getting up. We keep going forward. We don't get stuck in our ruts and we don't get stuck in our discontentment where we walk in thanksgiving, mm. we walk in blessings, and we walk in righteousness. When we do that, we allow God to be fully revealed in us. Yes. So if we want Christ to be revealed in us, then we need to walk in a way that's worthy of that. Yes. Well, I'll just give you the example. He was talking about alcoholic beverages um, and, and, and how there's physical uh, things that, that it, it could potentially help you and it, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, the benefits. <laughs> yeah, health benefits. There you go. That's, that's the word. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that's the age-old argument. Mm -hmm. I'm just, I'm not interested in arguments. I'm interested in what Scripture says, and if Scripture says that you should abstain from it, mm. I'm going to abstain from it. Mm -hmm. But I also have a Scripture that says if, if talking about meat offered to idols, if, if it's going to offend my brother, I'm not going to do it. Right, right. You have a responsibility to your brother. That's right. Because lest you become a stumbling block. Yes, Regardless of your convictions. There you go. Right. Lest you become a stumbling block. Mm -hmm. And he goes, well, you know, in Proverbs 31, it's the advice of a mom saying, if you're going to die or if you're depressed, drink, have, have a, <laughs> have a drink or whatever. Mm. Okay, great. That's one point. That's one scripture, which was compiled by the way, by Solomon, who was wise, but at some point in his life became less wise and made a lot of poor decisions and mm. seeming, seems to have walked away from God um, near the end of his life. Thing is, it was just a bunch of proverbs and communication that was compiled, mm. not necessarily God-inspired. So there's a lot of different things we need to look at. He goes, well, you know, so if I send mom out to the store to get me a drink because I'm I'm I've got stage five lung cancer, I'm gonna die or whatever. And I said, Well, you could potentially do that, but here's the thing. You could think nobody would know, but what about the lady that's at the cash register cashing them out and they see her who's supposed mm -hmm. to be a Christian purchasing alcohol? Don't let your good be evil spoken of. Um, a stumbling block. Mm. And not only that, you destroy your witness. Right, right. 
So I was like, I was like, you can do what you want to do, sir. I said, but, uh, I think there's just enough scripture, um, about abstaining, um, lest you become a stumbling block and you make it, uh, difficult Mm -hmm. for others who, first of all, struggle with that, um, or have struggled because I don't want to limit God. Mm -hmm. He's a deliverer. He can deliver and he does deliver people from alcoholism and, um, nicotine addiction and, uh, drug addiction and pornography addiction. It doesn't really matter. God Mm -hmm. is greater than any of the, um, vices of this world and of the adversary. But we have a responsibility to be an example, to be a light. That's right. A, a, a friend of mine, minister, um, very wise, he said once that, you know, he's as American as they come. He, he loves his country, he loves his freedom, and says, I've got a great big American flag hanging off my front porch. Um, but if, now this is his words, he said, but if my neighbor came to my house and said that American flag uh, offends me, I am offended. He said, my, you know, there might be some righteous indignation rise up in me that would want me to, you know, my flesh is going to say, just get off my property. This is a free country. I'll do what I want. But biblically, scripturally, if I am, if I am showing the love of God and lining up with his word, then I'm going to take down the flag, not because I don't love my country, not because I don't believe in my freedom, but because I don't want to offend someone and cause them to further turn away from the God that I claim to serve. So you're exactly right, and I think that that is uh, very wise. And it's not easy, but it's uh, beneficial. And it's 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 just the way that it was meant to be. Mm-hmm. If we want to see, well, it's going to happen either way. But I want to be a part of it. Yes the end time revival. Yes. If we want to see it and we want to be a part of it, it's going to take a lot of, um, sifting through ourself Mm -hmm. and so much so that all that is left is Christ. Amen. Amen. And when we do that, uh, it opens up the channels, the avenues, uh, the conversations, um, for people, who are genuinely spiritually hungry for a, a, a savior and for their God that their whole life they've been searching for and didn't even know it. Mm, yeah. 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 Uh, to, to be clear, uh, and, and as we near the end of this conversation, uh, we could talk for, hours on end on this topic. I don't think we would exhaust it, but um, the whole point scripturally um, and outlined in your book is the restoration process is not just for me, right? It's not just what about God did for me. That's important. I'm eternally grateful and I want to be a part of that. I want to take part in what he did for me on Calvary but it doesn't stop there. We, in turn, as his hands and his feet, uh, must 
turn around and realize that what he offered to us, we too must offer to others and reconcile one another. The Bible says to edify one another daily. That means to lift them up. When somebody falls, extend that hand and, and say, look, you know, I may not have, you know, Peter said, I'm silver and gold have I none, but what I do have, I'm willing to give you. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. So what he had inside of him, he was willing to give away. And so we should be that conduit that flows into our community, helping one another, uh, restoring one another back to Jesus. And so let that be the message um, in all of what we said uh, tonight. Um, and I want to make mention of two more quotes out of your book, if you would allow me to uh, just briefly that Absolutely. I think I think are worth mentioning. You said being humble is the key to true reconciliation. Being humble, because a spirit of pride only thinks about himself. But humility, when we get that spirit of Christ in us and that humility kicks in, it's it's less about us and it's more about others. Amen. Amen. And lastly, uh, I really love this as well. You said what we need is less talk and more action. Restore and be restored. Live with a spirit of restoration. How how great that is. That was I really I smiled when I read that. I just smiled from ear to ear and I was thinking, man, that's you can't get any more plain than that. That's just the the crux of the whole message there. Um, less talk, more action, restore be restored and live with a spirit of restoration. Hey man, that's what it's all about, bro. If, if we ever get to a place where we think we're better than someone else, or we have lost our spirit of restoration, Mm. I'm concerned. I I grow even more and more concerned uh, with certain conversations I have with people. Um, and, and I said it before, I don't, I don't make a habit of getting into arguments. Mm. Um, for me, um, it's always been, if you want to learn and you want to have a discussion, I would be happy to show you what the scripture says, Yeah. not only in the biblical context, but in the precepts. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times we can look at something and it's not always the face value. Mm. We've got to look at it in its entirety. Right. And when we allow God to talk to us and through us with his, with his word, mm-hmm. we will be the conduits yes. of restoration and reconciliation. Amen. Amen. So well said. Well, Brother Crooker, I don't want to take any more time uh, away from you and your family, but I do want to say thank you so much for taking the time to sit down and have this conversation about your book, Restore, A Biblical Guide to Restoration and Reconciliation. It has absolutely been a pleasure uh, to to have this conversation with you, and thank you so much. It's been my honor, brother. I appreciate the uh, invitation. Um, and I'm just excited about what God is doing through your podcast. Um, keep it up, man. God is doing something big. Amen. We appreciate it. Uh, again, to all the listeners, please go check out crookerfamilyministries.com. Uh, also, uh, follow the Apostolic Theory podcast. 
Um, Brother Crooker is the host of that podcast. It is a great listen. You will be highly blessed. And also check out the Pentecostal periodical, um, all these avenues where Brother Crooker and his family are, are just being highly used by God. So we're praying for you all. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for your time. And we hope that you are blessed. Until next time, in Jesus' name, be blessed. <laughs>